Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. We're in a weird mood today. We are. It's going to get weird. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like that we both are in weird moods. We're rarely not synced. I know. It's so weird. It's I, I love it, though, because like I can't deal. I'm not good with friends where we're like on different pages. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be on the same page. And I don't even want to talk about being on the same page, but we're just there. Yeah. And we're just like. Are you bleeding you? as well? A little bit still. Okay. Are you done? No, I started like two days ago. I was a okay. little bit late. Today's my, like, like I, like, you know, I, I'm wearing white, so I did, like, a tampon for safety. Mm. But, like, I free-balled it last night, and I was fine, I think. But I yeah. was wearing dark sweatpants. So also, like, nighttime's things. different, too. Yeah. <laughs> something about gravity. Something about nighttime and showers. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't understand the science. Yeah. If there is any, but, like, it's different. Um, if you guys are new here, this is an advice podcast. If you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Should we get into the episode? Let's do it. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 23 and I just started my current job in October. I was the youngest one in the office besides one other girl who was my age. And one day I was working with her one-on-one and we started chatting about our lives and just getting to know each other. Um, and she asked me her, my opinion on her relationship. Um, she was married and got divorced. Um, and she's now dating her ex's best friend. Um, and I told her, like, I don't know if this would align with normal girl code, whatever, but like, honestly, who cares as long as you and your 
boyfriend like aren't best friends with your ex anymore like who cares <laughs> um so flash forward to a few months ago they actually got engaged um which was like good for them I'm happy if they're happy um but she texted me saying you might have to be my bridesmaid and it kind of like made me feel weird because like first of all she said you might have to be like what do you mean I might have to? <laughs> that was like kind of weird. Um, so I kind of just responded like, OMG, crazy. I'm so happy for you. Um, because like we just met a couple months ago and we aren't even that close of friends. Like we only see each other at work and like don't really talk about things outside of work very much. Um, so I kind of just brushed it off and didn't bring it up again. But then a few weeks later, she snaps me directly and says, um, will you be my bridesmaid? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say because it's on Snapchat. So there's like red receipts. And I'm like, girl, I barely know you. I was so flustered. So um, I just responded and I said, OMG, I'm so honored <laughs> because I didn't know if I wanted to say yes, but I didn't want to say no because I didn't want to be mean. Um, and basically, I just feel like I have to text her and say something about not wanting to be in her wedding, but I don't know how to break it to her softly. And I don't really have a good excuse because the wedding is in September 21, September of 2021, and I don't know if, like, money would be a good excuse because it's so far away. Anyways, I don't know what to say, and I need your help, please. I'm a cancer, so I feel awful about the whole situation. Um, I really hope I can hear your advice, and I love the podcast. Thanks for creating it. Mwah, bye. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, I know. You know. I know. You know. This is. I know. My worst fucking nightmare. Um, oh, I mean, like, I couldn't. I'm. I'm so stubborn. Like, I'm not a people. Ple- like, I'm like to a fault. Like, I'm not a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I'm like a. I'm a Megan pleaser. Like, I'm not gonna fucking do something I don't want to do. Like, I'm so stubborn. But this, like, if I was in this, like, I would be like, "Fuck, dude, you're right." Like, like September 2021. Like, what the fuck is the excuse? I mean, by that time they may be best friends. <laughs> but I'm thinking that. Because this girl is dating her ex's, her ex-husband's best friend is engaged to him. She has no female she friends. She has no female friends. And probably, if she did, they probably, like, don't want to be part of her messy life now. hmm And so, you're all that she's got. Because you, you encouraged the relationship. <laughs> so, Dude. she's like, this is my champion. <laughs> Wait, can we also talk about... Oh, my God. That's crazy. I know, like, that, that would have been such... something I would have said, too. <laughs> I, like, that's literally, like, my go-to. Wow. I'm just like, wow, that's Jeez. crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I feel so fucking bad for you. I mean, I think, like, it just... <sighs> there's no way to get out of... like. I, at this point, because it is so far ahead, there's no way to get out of it without hurting her feelings and, like, looking bad and, like, most likely ruining, like, the work friendship that you have. But if you're okay with that, then just say no and there you go. But, like, that is, like, there's going to be repercussions of saying no and, like, you are going to kind of look like an asshole. But... Are you okay looking like an asshole? Like there, I'm fine looking like an asshole sometimes. Like, but I understand if like you just have to weigh the pros and cons. Like, is it worth it to go? Or also, do you think they're actually gonna get married? Like, do you think it's I gonna mean, happen? They planned it so far in advance. Who knows? But also, like, imagine being asked to be a bridesmaid in a Snapchat, Snapchat. message. I can't like I actually fucking can't like that's so weird oh maybe you just say you thought she was kidding yeah because it was snapchat but then you still have to yeah but then you get because because then the issue the issue right now is like how do you say no to something 
that's a year like that is like in 2021 Mm -hmm. like how do you have an excuse then but if you play it off like you thought it was this could also really blow up in your fucking face you you play it off like you thought it was a joke and then until she brings it up later and like you can be like oh i didn't I didn't realize you were serious. Like, I thought that was just like a thing on Snapchat. Like, I'm actually busy or like I actually like finances. I'm not going to be able to blah, blah, blah. Because the other issue is, too, you could say that, like, I mean, my go to excuse for stuff that is like I really don't want to do um, and, and like is I will literally go somewhere else. Like, I will like get on a plane and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be out of town. And then I will actually go out of town to be like. No, but I can't again, do this. It's still so far in advance. But that's what I mean. If she can, if you can buy some fucking time. But the issue is, is like we don't know what's going to happen September twenty twenty one. Like, what if you're like, oh, it turns out like I'm actually going to be out of town that week. Like, that's so sucky. And then it's like, hey, the wedding got pushed back a month. Yeah, and, like, and and also she would have to take off work if she's going to be out of town because <laughs> they work together. <laughs> I would. You just have to be truthful. That's the thing. Yeah. Because there's like, no. What do you say? You just say hi. I don't want to be your bridesmaid. Hey, I don't feel comfortable being your bridesmaid because I don't know you that well or your fiance. Because essentially, yeah. as a bridesmaid, you're standing up for somebody's relationship, yeah. and if you don't know them, you can't truthfully stand there and truthfully be happy for them. Yeah, and you're spending money, right? A lot like, of money. Yeah, dresses, shoes. And like Probably planning is. shit for her yeah. as the bride, and you're like, I don't really fucking know you. Yeah. Like, eh. That's also just so. I like. I also feel like you might be her only bridesmaid, unless she has like a cousin or a sister. Yeah. Because like she didn't do one of those like you know those like I I got a box with like a candle and a, and a mug that says like be my bridesmaid and like that whole thing mm-hmm. and like it's not like you're on a group chat suddenly with like all the other bridesmaids like it's just. It's just you. You're the maid of honor. They were the ones that were in her first wedding were like, nope, I don't want to be. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot that that was. He was probably the best man at her first wedding. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of like the other wedding. They were they were married. They were married. And this was her husband's best friend. So he was definitely in the first wedding messy mm-hmm. and maybe maybe no but you're a cancer you and you seem like a really nice person so i don't think you'd go just to like watch the shit like if it like if it is like a messy wedding and they're a lot but she could that could be the thing though she could be like i would be happy to come to your wedding but i don't want to but i don't feel comfortable being a bridesmaid maybe that's what she says yeah i wish it was more normal just to like say no to yeah. being a bride because like I there would is this say like no, but again I'm trying to put myself in her shoes yeah I would I mean I would come up with an excuse but I just like hate the idea like that it's if someone asks you you have to kind of say yes mm-hmm. like that there is that like pressure and it's like oh and then I'm gonna have to do that for you in my wedding but like I don't even want to be in fucking yours and yeah. now you're gonna be upset that you're not in mine well best of luck really fucking don't envy you <laughs> don't either uh, I'm sorry. This is just like I can tell the pit, you know, like yeah. where you're just like, oh, what do I do? Well, let us know what you end up doing. And if she has any other bridesmaids. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Um, I just called, but I feel like it was all scattered everywhere. Um, so I'm so sorry, Melissa. Please don't yell at me. I'm sensitive. I'm a Pisces. Um, but anyways, um, I'm 23. And I have my boyfriend who I've been dating for like two years, going on to three. And I've met his family once. Um, and it was this year before like this whole pandemic went down. Um, and, you know, we bonded. It was great. Awesome. Um, and I, you know, I fit right in. But thing is that today they've asked me for like this huge favor. Um, basically, it was be me helping them um, get a family member tested for COVID. And I said, I said no. But the thing is that like, I didn't feel comfortable saying no. I felt, I didn't feel comfortable them asking me the favor, but I felt like I couldn't say no. And whenever I told them like, you know what? Um, I can't do it. I'm already doing things for my mom right now. 
like getting groceries. Um, and my dad is immune compromised. Like I really shouldn't be risking myself like this. I felt very guilty. Um, but this is an issue that I have constantly. Like I always feel bad whenever my boyfriend's mom asks me to do favors. Um, and I can't do it, like, I will go out of my way to help her, always. And I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, I can I can do it, and I'm able to, and I want to, so I do. But there's sometimes where, like, I literally can't, but I still better somehow to do it because I just, I just can't say no. And whenever I do say no, I feel like a total bitch for not helping them. So my question is, how... Do I get over this guilt of saying no? And how do I say no? Because I am a a people pleaser, I guess, especially when it comes to my boyfriend's family because I feel the need to have them like me, and I feel like if I say no, they're not going to like me. But, um, yeah, um, if you, any advice would be great. Um, thank you so much, guys. I love the podcast. Um, big fan. Um, and again, please be nice because I am a Pisces and I am very sensitive. Thank you. See, as long as you guys give us this disclaimer, right? We will be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny that literally in the last call, I said I am not a people pleaser. Like I am a Megan pleaser. Mm-hmm. I used to be um, a people pleaser. Very oh, much I, so. I a hundred percent used to be a people pleaser, and then I like you know became like uh, uh, an adult. Like, mm-hmm. not an adult. I was going to make a joke that was not, that was dark. But then, like, I, like, had, like, I don't know, like, read my book. Like, not mm-hmm. you. You've listened to it. But for other people, like, I very much then became, like, a solo act. Yeah. And I was like, oh, nobody's looking out for me. Mm-hmm. So I have to look out for me because, like, I don't have anyone who is. Um, And then that's how I became, like, the opposite of a people pleaser. But it took a long time. And, like, you know, trauma. So it's not necessarily a good thing. But... I mean, it's hard. I mean, first of all, I think it's a little weird that you've only met them once, but they like ask you for favors all the time. Yeah, it is. I'm. Weird. Con- I, I think I'm. Ju- I'm just a little confused about like this. Like, Maybe the whole family she's met once, but the mom she's met a few times. Yeah. And that maybe she lives like closer by and like her boyfriend, her her son, her boyfriend is like he like she works from home and maybe he's like an essential worker or something mm-hmm. else like that, that it kind of gets defaulted onto you. Um, I mean, I do kind of wish I knew if this was, uh, like specifically in this situation, like if she asked your boyfriend to, or if she does ask you, because like there is, I personally have issue with, uh, like, you know, old, <laughs> this is also mommy issues, but like older women, like telling me like, oh, take care of this, take care of this, take care of this and not asking like mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. That I have a like I have a big issue with because it does feel like the burdens on me and you're looking down on me as a woman and like a head of household like matriarch sort of yep. thing and then if I'm not living up to that I am therefore a disappointment because I'm not living up to your expectations of what you're doing of what so, like, a woman should be quote unquote yeah. those old fashioned thoughts about taking care of the household mm-hmm mm-hmm. And, like, keeping everything under control and, like, all of that sort of stuff. So I don't know if that's that kind of situation um, because that can definitely fucking, like, get to your... Like, that that's fucks me up and, like, you feel guilty because it also puts into question, like, your worth and value mm-hmm. because someone else is making that a woman's worth and value. And then if you're not living up to it and you're like, fucking shit, like, am I not? Like, what the fuck is up with this? But I think in general... It's if you're, if they're not going to like you and anyone, anyone in regardless, if <laughs> someone's going to like you or they're not going to like you, you saying no, if they if their positive uh, thoughts of you and impression of you is contingent on you saying yes to favors, they don't actually like you mm-hmm. like they're just they they want you to be what they want for you. They want you to be like an agreeable. They want you to be handy. They want you to be like have access to you and do all of this sort of stuff. And if you don't fit that mold, then they're not going to like you. But then if they like that mold of you, it's not you. And like you have to like continue upkeep and hold that versus people who like ask for a genuine favor or something like that. And you say no, because you can't. 
And it's not like you say no to everything, but you say no because you actually can't. That's It's not going to affect their perception of you. But that's kind of a thing that's that's already, you can't control it. Like they've already made up their mind, but the issue is your actual feelings about it. But how did you get over being a people pleaser? So I, this, it got out of hand when I was in college where I was just being stretched so thin that I like couldn't say no to anything. And then that was like my first bout of like depression. And so that's the first time I actually went to therapy. And um, we talked about how, like, I can't fully please anyone if I'm not pleasing myself. And so um, I had to be selfish, basically. I needed to put myself first and be selfish. And um, there was no way out of that depression if I was going to constantly be taking care of other people and not myself. And so... I got out of it by, I just started saying no to people and it like, and it was like left and right. Like I, I was in, I was the president of this organization and I just like couldn't do it anymore. And I was just like, I, I need to step back. And, and even though like this was something that was highly regarded and like, I went to the, the, um, the, um, what's it called when it's not, not like a teacher that's over it, but the sponsor for the mm. the um club that I was in and I told them and they um agreed with me and so I took a step back like I still would go to meetings and things but I just wouldn't preside over the meetings and everybody was understandable and I remember the last day um before I graduated and I got up and I told everybody my story and everybody was like crying And so, like, everybody was being supportive. So if you're just truthful to people and just say, like, I I cannot do this. Like, this, I just say no. And if if they ask for a reason, then give it to them. And if they don't, then just leave it at that. And then you just have to move on from it. And you can't feel guilty because if you can't do it, that's not on, that's not on you it's not on them. It's just like, it's, it's just something like you can't be full if you're giving from a, a empty tank. Yeah. So. And putting that, putting your self-worth, which is, I'm so familiar, but putting your self-worth in the hands of other people, it's, it's so hard. Like mm-hmm. if that's the thing that like, that's how you feel. I don't know. Like when you feel good about yourself is when other people are happy with you. Yep. You can't control that. Mm-hmm. And so putting your self-worth in the hands of other people, they're always going to be reckless with it. And they're never going to because nobody's nobody thinks of that. Nobody's thinking that like mm-hmm. my impression of her is either going to make or break her. Like right. people don't think like that. And if you can try and think like that, too, of like when people say no to you, you don't get upset. Like right. you, you don't like think less of them. And it's trying to regard and that's like a thing that I practice like all the time and just normal stuff where it's like especially like anxiety or like like self-consciousness or like anything I think about I'm like well I've never thought this about anybody else Mm -hmm. so why am I thinking that other people are thinking about me or I've never noticed this about somebody else so why am I thinking that that's like the first thing that people notice about me or like the first like the biggest impression of me or all of that sort of stuff but like you said, like it's a it's a muscle. So saying no, it's just you have to practice. And mm-hmm. the more you say no, the easier it is. And people will be more understanding than not. Like you said, that like other people will understand because it's so it's such a fucking common thing. Like it's so, so, so common. But until you are pleasing yourself and happy with yourself, there's no amount of people pleasing you can do to then be, again, pleased with yourself. Yep. And it's 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 a like a definitely a process but i think that the more you start to say no the easier it will get exactly. i used to have a very hard time saying no and now i have a very easy time saying me no. too i need to say yes more yeah i it's like i i have to think about myself and if i like i said before like if you you can't take care of yourself if you're taking care of everybody else and you can't be the people that are most important for you to take care of are your parents right now, you and your parents. And so you can't give to them, to the other side. I'm guessing 
they think of you as family, but you, even though you barely know them, but you can't help them if you're not helping the people that are close to you. And they shouldn't expect that. No, they shouldn't. Well, best of luck. I'm excited for you to say no more. You all those like inspirational quotes. They're like, say yes more. I remember my New Year's resolution a couple years ago was to say no more. And then like at the end of like, maybe it was like two years later, I was like, okay, I like really ran with no. I need yeah. to like get back to like, I'll throw in some maybes, some mm-hmm. yeses again. That was like uh, Shond- Shonda Rhimes book is called Year of Yes because she would always say no to everything. And then for a year, she said yes to everything. And like a whole bunch of doors open. But then she was like, at the end of the book, she's like, I say I went back to saying no to a lot of stuff, but I just say <laughs> yes to a few more things. I yeah, that's the that's the mindset we should all have. Yeah, because saying yes to too much, no. it's too much, it's too much. Hi, I've been in a long term relationship where my partner, who is born male, is now identifying as gender fluid. Uh, previously, it was a cross dressing situation where I just kind of put it out of my mind. He just wanted to look pretty, like whatever um we dated for a year and a half and i got engaged and after he proposed he started to discover himself more and therefore changing from cross-dressing to gender fluid uh well i'm a cis straight female and the gender fluid has somewhat made me uncomfortable but i really want to be accepting uh it's just been very hard i've been talking to a therapist and he has been too i've been keeping this to myself for the most part and i think it's just been hard because i've always seen myself dating a cis straight male and now this is not the case. Uh, we are planning to get married, but I want to be full on accepting and be proud of both sides of them as male and female, but I just haven't gotten there yet. Any advice on how to handle this? Maybe some research I need to know about or maybe how to embrace more of the LGBTQ community more? Uh, thank you. I'm sure it's a very hard, like, like you said, like you don't, she doesn't really want to talk to him, him to talk to, sorry, talk to them about it because it's, it doesn't sound like for you, it sounds like you are just trying to gather your, I don't know, like just, just go through this, mm-hmm. but knowing that you're going through this by proxy yeah. of like someone else who is then going through it on their own. And, I mean, I think the best thing is just to talk to your partner and ask them and say, I'd love to have an open conversation with you about this when when, and if you are comfortable. Yeah. And I love you and all of that. And I think that I would also like, it sounds dumb, but like, I don't have any specific book recommendations, but I would read a ton of books. And like, I know there's lots of uh, YouTube channels. I'm trying to remember what their name is. And Um, I I also think that there's probably a community of other people that are in your shoes as well that can probably help you with this, I would think. Yeah. And like a support group. There's a YouTube couple that I don't fully remember. I need to. I'll figure it out and then we'll have it listed in um, the show notes if I can remember their name. But I think that I think that taking it upon yourself to like educate yourself more mm-hmm. on the mindset and the process of going through all of this and going through like a your, your gender identity and all of that. I would also say I don't. Did she say how old she was? Um, I think she. No, she didn't. Because I would also say I think that the idea of like what you picture your future when you say you pictured your future with like a cisgendered male, I think that there are, if you can look at that, like we picture our life in a lot of ways that when we grow up, we kind of realize that A, they fit into like society standards of like Mm -hmm what is normal and it's what is represented like so, 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 so heavily. And I think that if you can then look at other parts of your life where you expected one thing and then you're like, oh, that's not what I wanted or like not what I grew up in was into or not. I didn't like that. If you can kind of recognize that that's a shift that happens in every facet of your life, 
Like if it's whether you thought that this was going to be your career or you really thought you were going to go to college here or you thought that you were going to like have this, this, this and this and like what you really wanted. And a lot of the time, what we grow up wanting is what we grow up seeing. And we grow up seeing that 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 like Kodak cookie cutter idea of what a family is, which is like incredibly heteronormative. Mm-hmm. And we have Disney princesses and we have all of that. And so it can be, I don't want to say it's like you're, it can be a, something that you are conditioned just based on what you've seen. And I think if you can go out of your way to watch more like movies and read more books with the representation of lots of different people on the gender fluidity scale and like queer people and everything like that, I think I would, I would assume that that might feel a little bit, it might feel like a little bit more like, oh, wow, I was really, I had this idea of what I wanted because that's the only thing that I saw. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and this, this is different to me. And this is something that I don't know a ton about. And knowledge is power. And the more that you can like learn and read learn and understand it. Without putting it on them. Yeah. And I think from there, like gender is a construct. Like it is, like it's, it's, it is so, it's just, yeah, it's, again, it's it's a fucking construct. Like, people who, like, go around and, like, talk about, like, isn't it so weird that, like, time is a thing? And I'm like, isn't it so weird that gender is a thing? Yeah. Like, that it's so weird that there's, like, colors assigned, like, each one and, like, things that you like and all of that sort of stuff. And I think a lot of people now are seeing, uh, we're growing up and we're seeing representation uh, also because of social media that we're just seeing more people with different, like, lifestyles and different, like, who they are shown everywhere that we're seeing all of this sort of stuff but all that matters is your feelings for your partner and how much you love them Mm -hmm. and that's and that's it and that's what I think you need to focus on is educating yourself and equipping yourself with like the materials and the knowledge to to, to yeah to feel comfortable I think about what I saw for my life when I was like younger and like how I pictured all of this how I pictured my life and it's completely different Mine's like completely it's different so different too. and I think that gender is something when you from your call haven't said that you've ever struggled with your own gender identity it can feel something that is like so incredibly foreign that you can't relate to mm-hmm. but I think you can relate to growing up and being different than you thought you would be mm-hmm. it's so it's like so 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 normal but when it's not something that you've personally been through it is it's just about educating yourself so you can then just know how other people have experienced this and what goes into it because you haven't experienced it firsthand mm-hmm. But I think therapy is great I think that's fantastic I would also like if you guys are if you really like your therapist I think that's awesome but if there, I know a lot of people in the queer community specifically. I mean, people in underrepresented communities or marginalized communities in general tend to benefit from a therapist who is specialized mm-hmm. in that and focuses that on talks in that because there could also be, you know, transphobic therapists and right. like racist therapists, which is the fucking like exact opposite, like what you want from therapy. So if your therapist doesn't specialize in like gender, and all of that, I think that it would hopefully like really benefit you guys from being with a therapist that is familiar with this journey as opposed to you guys and your partner having to explain it. Because mm-hmm. I think that puts a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. And also going to couples therapy could help as well because you guys are going to individual therapy. Oh, oh, I thought so you were going, going to cu- go to couples therapy. Yeah. Go to couples therapy. Go to a uh, go to a, uh, a therapist and a counselor who specializes mm-hmm. and works specifically in like the in the gender fluid queer community, mm-hmm. and I think that will. Yeah, I think that will help ev- you you understand and, and also it's yeah, a, just it's a safe space for for both of you to be able to talk and discuss your feelings because both your feelings are valid um and this is this is hard like on on both sides it's hard um and so and i and also if you're if you guys set a date for the wedding maybe put it off until you guys like don't focus on 
getting married, but focus on understanding each other's side in this. And then once everything's straightened out, then focus on the wedding. Because that can put a lot of extra pressure on you that you don't need right now. And I think you just need to reiterate to your partner that like I love you endlessly and this is not me like questioning our relationship. It's me needing to equip myself with the knowledge to be the best partner to Mm -hmm. you in this now like to the this identity that you have this is who this is I need to I need to learn and understand so I can advocate for you and so I can be super supportive of you and so I'm not ever accidentally hurting you or Mm -hmm. or saying anything that is harmful or perpetuating any of these ideas and in order to be the best life partner for you I need us I I need to be equipped with the knowledge of how I can do that because like you never want to like accidentally say or do anything that's yeah like harmful or hurtful and it can be hard especially like in those conversations you don't want to push it with your partner and I think with a therapist that they feel comfortable with too you guys could have some really great constructive conversations in a safe place Mm -hmm. but yeah but best of luck congratulations on being engaged yeah and um happy for your partner for living living their truth living their best life life. yeah yeah okay guys we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back right after Megan and Melissa. Um, so I'd like to get some advice about feeling restless in a relationship. Um, so this is kind of going to be all over the place. This is the first time I'm talking about it, but um, here we go. So I'm 24 and, and I'm a Pisces Aries cusp and I've been with my boyfriend who's 27 and a Scorpio for almost three years now. Um, we're both halfway through graduate school, and like a lot of people, both of our schools slash jobs have been remote for the past few months um, and will be for the foreseeable future. Um, when we first moved here for school, I was having a lot of mental health issues. I was feeling severely depressed and struggling to make friends and go out and have fun. Uh, but he, on the other hand, was thriving and making tons of friends and just living a fast life. Uh, fast forward to now, most of his friends have left the city Everything is remote, um, and as an extrovert, he's really struggling with the whole quarantine slash um, social distancing thing. Um, not to mention, he's received a lot of bad news from his family about like um, their health issues um, and just issues, etc. On top of all of the recent protests and triggering media content, um, all of this has really been weighing on his psyche. And to cope with this, he's just been staying inside most of the time, working and playing video games. And whenever we see each other, he just wants to make dinner, watch movies, and have sex. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with this, but um, on my end, I've just been mentally thriving this year, aside from everything that's happening in the world. And um, I'm personally an introvert, and I always have enjoyed working from home anyways. So the quarantine slash social distancing thing hasn't really affected me much. In fact, it's improved my mental health even more. So our state is still pretty much locked down. But I'm always trying to get creative and think of new fun things that we can do um, to switch things up, like going for a bike ride or hiking or kayaking, going for a job, uh, drive to sightsee from the car. But when I bring up the idea, he says, I'll think about it, and then we almost never end up doing anything new. Um, so, and whenever we do something, I feel like I'm forcing him. So I understand he's going through a lot, but honestly, in the years we've been together, he's not really like initiated anything. And I was hoping that being here would change that. So I guess to make a long story short, I'm wondering how I could like make him want to do more. And oh no, I ran out of time. <laughs> but yeah, if you're still listening to this, I'm just trying to get advice on how I can um, get him to. Um, want to do more things with me um, and whether or not I should ask him or tell him that I'm feeling um, restless in the relationship because I don't want to put pressure on him but I do want to prioritize my own needs as well. Thanks. I think the thing here is that you said 
at the end of the call that he's never initiated to do anything to begin with. So, But have you ever said that before? Right. That's the kind of thing that I'm like, I totally hear you. And I think that's so valid. But he sounds depressed Mm -hmm. and struggling mentally. And if this is if this is an issue prior to this, it's exasperated. It's exacerbated by this and bringing it up now. Isn't the the time. No. no, if it wasn't the time before. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that the reason why for you, it feels like probably overwhelming is because, like you said, you are thriving mm-hmm. here. So. It's even more frustrating when you feel like you're kind of you're not getting your needs met because you're getting your needs met in all of these other ways right. that it can kind of feel like the missing piece. But his mental health is the exact opposite and he's really struggling and he doesn't want to do anything new and he doesn't. And I think like planning to do stuff to like cheer him up and like, Hey, let's go take a drive. And like being, I don't know if he's spontaneous or not, but like being saying like, Hey, we're going to do this on Friday. Not like, and you can say like, Hey, do you want to do this? Like, let's do this. And not like in hypotheticals, like if you plan it and do it and see if he enjoys it and see if like it does bring some happiness to his life and he is enjoying that then that's great. But I think putting an expectation on him right now, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that he's already he's always been like this and it's just gotten worse, there's no way to not tie that to his current mental health right. state. And so I think if you're unhappy in the relationship, that's valid and fine. And if you want to break up, that's totally valid and fine. But to kind of give him this you're giving him a test that he's inevitably going to fail mm-hmm. like and with his current been, mental health. And he would have failed it before because he wasn't and, he didn't he wasn't the one initiating anything and so now you're putting something on him on top of everything else that he's going through and it seems like he's just trying to cope right now. Um and you can't expect more of him than he can deal with at this point. Yeah, and who knows maybe if this is Maybe he has um, uh, what we would always call um, younger boy of two brothers syndrome, where everything had kind of been done for him and he'd never or he grew up with his friends were always the planners. And Mm -hmm. he like that was not what he really brought to the table. Like he was like, oh, he's number one invite. We always want him there. He's He's the the one that's always down to do stuff. Yeah. But he's like always a good time. But that was instigating it. it. And so. There is an opportunity to grow there, but that's when he's capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that if this is something that, if you're done with the relationship, you're done with the relationship. Like, and that's again, like totally fucking fine. But if this is something that back then when this was originally happening, if you feel like you didn't say anything because you felt like the relationship was too new or you felt uncomfortable asking for it or did you not ask because you didn't think he was capable of doing that? And if you didn't think he was capable of that, people can argue and say like, well, you don't know if you didn't try, like you're allowed to like make those assumptions, like you're allowed to like make those judgments and those assumptions as someone's partner. And also it's the same thing we say with friends. Like a lot of the time when like people do shitty things, I'm like I could ask, like I could tell you that this was shitty and like I want you to change, but like I don't fucking care enough. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't necessarily think, no, I mean, offense, whatever. I don't think that highly of you and that you are going to like adjust and change to this. And like our, it doesn't mean so much to me. And like our relationship doesn't mean so much to me that I'm going to ask you to, to change or to do something differently. But I think you just kind of have to weigh that. And then also, if you have asked before and you have talked about this before with him and nothing changed, then I think that you just have to, I guess my fi- my like full encompassing advice is you either need to break up <laughs> or Except. you need to just deal mm-hmm. with this until the pandemic's over. Like you need, you're going to, you're going to need to do- go this like, mm-hmm. 80, 75, 90%. Um, And if you can't do that, that's totally fine. But I don't think putting it on him right now is going to do anything but make it worse. Mm -hmm. It's going to hinder your relationship. Yeah, I think it'll fully just backfire. Mm -hmm. But 
It's hard. I feel I think there, there's so many people I know who like are couples where like one is thriving, the other one is not. Yeah. And I felt like Mons and I were like that for a while. But, like I was thriving. I'm definitely not thriving. <laughs> like because I I mean, we talked about this before. I've always thought that I was an introvert. I'm not an introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert with social anxiety. Yeah. And so I but I like I'm losing it. Um, but for a while I thought that he was doing, I was like crushing it and like he was really fucking struggling because he's also an extrovert and now I'm like, oh, we're both struggling. Yeah. Um, there was like a month where I was striving, thriving and then now it's just like, I'm getting used to this as being the normal, but I'm not like as productive as I was being because I just like, I am exhausted and I'm not even I'm doing a lot but not as much as I could be doing but Mm -hmm. I'm just like mentally exhausted because I can't yep I can't we're all trying to figure it out (laughs) uh should we go on to the next hey Megan and Melissa so I have quite the situation okay so it started the other day I was in my basement um, I have a stepbrother. Um, I'm in college, by the way, um, but I'm living at home right now. So I was looking for movies to watch with my boyfriend, and I looked in my stepbrother's room and his kind of TV console, just thinking that there might be more movies in there. And I did not find movies, but I did find two pairs of my underwear. Um I was shocked at first, and I thought maybe our laundry got mixed up, and he just was too lazy to bring it upstairs. But then I brought it upstairs, and then it was taken again, and it was back in his console. So I knew that he was taking it on purpose, um, and it kind of creeped me out a lot. Um, So I told my mom and my stepdad, which is his dad, and he had a conversation with him. And basically, my stepbrother explained that he was using my underwear to get off. Um, he has agreed to go to therapy and talk to a mentor of his, which is great. But my question is, how do I move on and kind of feel comfortable in my own house when I'm living with somebody who stole my underwear to get off? Um I understand that this is like, I guess, a fetish, but I just feel so uncomfortable and I really don't know what to do. So any advice would be great. Um, I love your podcast. And yeah, bye. As soon as I heard basement and stepbrother, I was like, no. But is that where you thought it was going? No, because we've had some fucking stepbrother fuckers on the show. (sighs) Oh my God. Well, the word that I would really urge you to like, recognizing you as violated like you feel violated rightfully so it's not just like an ick and it's not like um fetish shaming at all this is your stepbrother and also fetishes fetishes are great and fetishes are fine and that's amazing but we need to not tie fetishes to being violated yeah and that's something that's like shame in the fetish community where people are like oh gross ew like blah 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 and it's like no as long as everything's fucking consensual Mm -hmm. do whatever the fuck you want to do like that's great like we need to not kink shame and in doing so understanding that a kink does not cross your your own personal comfort and boundaries Mm -hmm. And con- consent, like that, it, it should never, it should never be like that. I can't believe he admitted. Like I know that's that's he, like, the part he that admitted I'm like, it. But like, what else could it have been? You know, if he took them more than one time, he had to have. I'm sure the stepdad is probably his dad was probably already knew where it was going. And forced it out of them. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. And I'm sure that you heard it through your mom, mom and your stepdad. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that it wasn't him saying it to you. Um, I think it's great that they're putting him in, yeah, like, therapy. Yeah, because that was going to be my first thing is tell your parents. But you did that. You Which did all the all the things that you should have done. You waited yeah. to see if they were gone again. Yeah. Then you told your I parents. Mean, I think that. I, I mean, I think therapy is beneficial in, in general. I mm-hmm. think you would also probably really benefit from therapy. I think from you should 100% therapy. go to therapy. 
because it is it is it's a violation yeah and i think that's something that needs to be like recognized and honored that it's not it's it's yeah it, it is a pure violation and it is you're in your own house where you live with this person Mm -hmm. and you don't feel necessarily like safe or comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I would also say just like day to day is kind of shit. If, and this isn't saying that like your stepbrother is like a predator or anything or anyone who has like a fetish is a predator. But like, if you don't have a lock on your door, like get a lock on your door. Like if there are other things or like laundry have like, if your mom is comfortable, like, She's only she's going to put the laundry away or you're it going to like do he it. He just went in her room and stole it because if it. Well, no, that's what twice, it's like, so lock. Get, make yeah. sure there's a lock on your door. But then on top of that, like if like any other way that like you can feel like your stuff is your stuff and that. And it's just like even just being around him is probably yeah. weird. I'm sure it's weird, too. I would. I, would, I was going to like I, Google, but I'm to like see if there are some things to help, but I don't think that the google search would come up the way that i want it to come up um i think you need to make your room your safe place because i think your house doesn't feel like your safe place yeah i don't think it's just her room though it's like she goes to the kitchen no exactly and i was gonna say maybe get a mini fridge in your room like get a projector get some like get some stuff that can feel like if you're not and I th- it's going to be a process and which is why I think therapy is the best, best way to go about like mm-hmm. dealing with this and like working through this. But I think finding a way that you can make you can give yourself a safe place in a house you don't feel safe and a house that you don't feel comfortable, a place that feels really like this is your fucking this is yours. And so when you do have to. Like if there's and even talk to your like your parents and just be like, hey, I don't really want to do family dinners for a couple of weeks. Like, I don't feel comfortable with that. Or my boyfriend's going to stay over for a couple of weeks or I'm going to go crash at his place and just honor your feelings as they come up and not right, not tr- not having anyone. And it, your, your parents do not seem like that. Like they seem very understanding of this, mm-hmm. but that there is. First and foremost, right now, he is a person who has violated you. He is not your stepbrother, first and foremost. And so that family dynamic, you need to protect yourself and remove yourself from that situation in any time that it makes you feel rightfully so uncomfortable and being and and not being around him for like it, it whatever is going to make you feel safe in that house, regardless of if it hurts his feelings. You need to be your number one. Mm-hmm. Ugh, 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 ugh. How long have you guys been step siblings too? And, and how, how old and what's is the he? Age difference. I would think probably younger. She's got the basement, and she's been away at college. I think he's probably younger. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's it's violating Mm -hmm. in it. I can imagine like how like like it gives you the icks like it's just like uncomfortable and gross. But yeah, I really focus on focus on you and let everybody else focus on their own sort of shit. So you don't owe anyone anything. You don't owe family dinners. You don't owe a family fucking vacation like you don't owe any of that stuff mm-hmm. because also what was it that um i forget we talked about it it was someone said a guest said it in some episode but um like you can't respect you can't go out of your way to respect people's boundaries who they don't respect you mm-hmm. so if you're like if you're trying to like do all of this stuff and like you know like well i want to upkeep this kind of thing the person who violated that is the one who ruined that you don't have to Sounds like something Megan Tonjes might have said. I, I that's when I, I was like, yeah. I think it was a Megan Tonjes quote. But um, yeah, I'm so sorry. I can't even. Oh, and then corn in the being stuck inside. Ugh, ugh. She's ugh, usually ugh. not even there. Yeah, which also then probably feels weird, like too. All right. Well, sending you comfy and like safe, comfortable thoughts. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Okay, time for Don't Blame Them. You guys call in with your advice from a different episode. So the original call was from season six, episode five, where 
the caller, she uh, didn't know how to be supportive of a friend that was in a relationship that was toxic. Mm. So this is someone calling with their own advice. Hi, I'm calling in with some advice for the girl who wanted help with being there for a friend that's in a toxic relationship. Um, Basically, I was the person in a toxic relationship that would go to my friends when I was really upset and vent to them. And we were in the same friend group as the guy that I was dating. Um, The guy wasn't a bad guy, just not a good relationship. But um, anyway, I would go to my friends constantly um, to the point where they didn't like him at all because all they would see about him and us was me being really upset. And it took me a really long time to leave the relationship, so they were just constantly having to watch that while simultaneously having to hang around him knowing that he was causing me to feel like that. And now I can see how unfair that was to my friends to put them in that situation. Um, And in my current relationship, when we have actual problems, I don't go to my friends about it. Like, I will if it's for advice, but it's about changing the way that you word it so that you're actually asking for advice rather than just complaining about the person that you're with. Like, if I know something isn't make or break for our relationship, but I think it could change the way that someone viewed him, I won't say it. Um, I know this isn't really advice for a friend, but I do think that it depends on how it's making you feel. Um, I have a friend who was in a relationship where her boyfriend cheated and she didn't leave him and I knew that she wasn't going to. So I just said to her, like, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. But if you're not, then I'm here to help. And they broke up and I was careful how I said things because I had a feeling that they were going to get back together. So I wasn't just like, yay, I hate him. I was just like, okay, well, I'll be here for you through the breakup. And then when they got back together, I just again was like, hey, if you're happy, that's okay. I'm here for you. Um, But I think the difference is for me, that situation wasn't draining. Whereas when it was me and the toxic relationships, my friends were going through shit because they had to watch it and be there for me when I wasn't doing anything to help myself. And I think that's a difference. Like, if you you shouldn't have to go through shit to deal with someone else's relationship that they won't. Um, and also, toxic people can try to cause problems within their partner's friendship so that they have no one else and are kind of forced to stay with them. So I think be careful of that because, yeah, they will just try and cause any issues to make them have no friends. Um, so just make sure that they're not left alone. Um, and yeah, I hope this was somewhat helpful. I love the podcast. I've been listening since the start. And yeah, thanks. I think that's so helpful. Yeah. And I think that distinction between when when you get older or when you just have more experience in relationships or you're in a relationship that is like it feels different, like whether it's a person that you end up with or whatever, that you actually don't like bitch to your friends about it. Mm-hmm. Like and like if you like you she said like if you go to your friends for advice but you do filter that in the sense of okay am i going to complain and bitch about my partner and is this going to make them change the way that they think of them and then is this a passing feeling for me though like this isn't a deal breaker for me but it can't it will be a deal breaker for them and i think that's something that people also need to learn about with like talking about to their parents about relationships too that we assume that everybody's in our own head and can be like just a sounding board and people aren't sounding boards. Mm-hmm. Like they remember shit. They they have their own reactions. And especially when they care about you, they have their own feelings about it. Right. But like she said, when she was in the toxic relationship, if it's draining for your friends, that it does put like it, it puts the friends in a position in which there it's a it's a lose lose. Mm-hmm. You have to either prioritize you or you prioritize them. And like she said, yeah, staying in and keeping those friendships in a way that doesn't leave them totally alone, Mm -hmm. but also doesn't completely drain Drain you you. and ruin your mental health is really important. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it later on too, uh, after that episode came out. And I think what I wish I would have said advice-wise, I think maintaining a friendship with someone who's in a toxic relationship so they're not alone is great, but then making sure that you as the friend are really fostering other friendships that fulfill you and sustain you. So then you can be friends with that other person still Yeah, because you can't get anything out of them ever at all. Mm -hmm. And it's not really, it's not really a friendship at that point because like there's There's, no give and take. Yeah. It's more of you just being there in case something happens. 
Exactly. So then you need to go out of your way to fill your life with so many friends, like to like such good, solid friendships that you can also then talk about this other stuff that you're talking about with your friend. And then that that friend that maybe you used to go to them for everything, you have other people to go to. Mm-hmm. And so you're still in their circle. So they're there to support them. And hopefully once they inevitably break up and so they're not alone and all of that and things can then get back to how they used to be. But focusing on other friendships so you don't get so like, you know, fully drained right. from that, which I think is like, I think that's very, very fair. Mm-hmm. Like I, oh my God, I would, if it's like your best friend, I would be like, I would die. Yeah. I would struggle. Struggle hard. Um, well, hell yeah. That's it for our episode, guys. If you enjoyed, please uh, leave us a review on the Apple Podcast app. And if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. Well, cool. If you guys haven't subscribed to this channel yet, please do. If you want to follow us, we have an Instagram, Dumblom Meme Pod. We have our own individual socials. My book is out. My presets are out. Melissa has a bunch of other podcasts. Would you like to promo one of them? Let's see. What should I promo today? Let's go with uh, Not Too Deep. Why not? Megan was I don't on. Know if you've ever heard of that? <laughs> Megan's been on never three episodes. She was on one a few, it. like a month. I think by the time this comes out, it was a month ago. She was on one, and it was very enjoyable for me to see two. Did you see all the comments that said that like Grace and I look like, like the same person? Like. That's what I was like. I saw them, I mean, but I it's because we're both beige. That's what I was saying about being beige. <laughs> we're both just beige people. <laughs> It's a compliment, I think darker, it's not a bad yeah, thing. I think your darker hair. Uh, she's actually a brunette too. She's like a dark brunette, and I think okay. um, like this. I don't think it makes you look as beige, actually. No, I self tanned because I look. Oh, okay. Well, no, I no beige is what I want to look like. Got it. Beige is the beige is like my hair kind of blends in with my skin, okay. and like I have soft features. A haze of beige. Haze of beige. <laughs> Like yeah. Ace of Face, Haze of Beige. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's a, a interview show and it's really fun and you should go watch it. Listen to it. Bob Saget Whatever. was also on. Yeah, he was on the week before <laughs> Megan was. Isn't that crazy? But it was just, we Obsessed. recorded it the same day. I Chelsea Handler's um, been on there. Oh, that's a good one. I, I love that right. one. I'm trying to think of some of my other favorites. I mean, they're all good. Mm. Even if it's somebody that I don't know specifically, she's just, she's very warm and makes it seem like there's somebody that she's been friends with forever. She's such a good host Mm -hmm. in the sense that like, again, like I literally will watch episodes where I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. And like, I wish I could be as like, she's like so adaptable. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, I wish I was like that. People can tell when I don't like someone. (laughs) Like, it's pretty fucking obvious. Me too. Uh, yeah. Shows on our faces. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that's it. Our Facebook group is still closed for people who are asking. Yeah. We've get, um, getting a lot of DMs. They're like, I just listened to the recent episode and I wanted to join the Facebook group. I was like, you didn't listen to the very end, did you? <laughs> yeah. So we are, uh, you know, not accepting new members for the time being and we will be accepting some later on we're going to be changing the questions that get people in and we are we've got like 3,000 around 3,000 people in the group right now and we're just making sure that by the time that you guys join it that there are no stragglers of people who we still haven't gone a week without kicking somebody out no (laughs) so but yeah okay all right that's it We'll see you next time. Goodbye, guys. Don't Blame Me is a production by me, executive produced by Melissa DeMonts, edited by Katrina Henning, and music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.